An odd phone call had come into the police station, but then the call dropped. So the officers went out to check on the residence that the call had come from. But when they got there, they noticed there was blood on the pavement leading up to the front door. And as they began approaching, they saw something even more disturbing through the front window. Welcome, or welcome back. I'm Cassie, and this is A Wicked World. Hope you're all having a great Thanksgiving if you're celebrating today. So previously I had said if you have a case suggestion to just go ahead and leave it in the comments, but I don't want to accidentally miss anyone's case suggestions. So if you do have one you want to recommend, email me instead at awickedworldtruecrime at gmail.com. So when I first started this channel, I told you all about how my sister was murdered, and I did say that I was going to cover her story at some point, and I do still intend to. Um, however, I've sat down once now and tried to put it together, and it proved to be much too difficult. So I'm going to try again at some point. I just wanted to keep you all updated on that because I've had a few people ask me, you know, if I was still intending on covering her case at some point. And the thoughts there, it's just been kind of difficult to do, as I'm sure you understand. So the story I have for you today is about a little boy whose life was taken so unexpectedly and in such a cruel and awful way. This is the story of Carvel Stevens. Carvel Stevens was born on December 1st, 2015, in Sioux City, Iowa, to his father, Rufus Stevens, and his mother, Tasha Hafes. He also had two older sisters named Jakira and Anaya, whom he loved to play with. Carvel was a happy, loving child who was full of life and spirit. He was known to always have a big smile on his face. Carvel loved the outdoors, especially going to the park, playground, and playing in the snow. Some of his other favorite things included Popeye's chicken sandwiches, watching Ryan's toys on YouTube, and he actually loved school too, as he was known to be a very smart young boy. So first we're going to talk about Carvel's mother for a bit, Tasha Hafes. Tasha Hafes had spent most of her life in Sioux City, Iowa. Her relationship with her biological family was fractured, and she was considered to be the black sheep, or at least she considered herself to be the black sheep. When Tasha was younger, her mother, Sherry Hafes, had spent time in federal prison for methamphetamine possession. And Tasha's relationship with her biological father was also strained. So while Tasha had lived with her father for a little while when she was younger, she was also in and out of the Iowa foster care system. That was until she finally went to live with a little girl that she went to school with named Yvonne Crittenden and her family. The two thought of each other as sisters and best friends. And later on, Yvonne would become the godmother to all three of Tasha's children. So 35-year-old Tasha had full custody of Carvel along and with his two older sisters. And the girls had a different biological father than Carvel did. However, both men had been in and out of prison for most of the children's lives. Mostly in. And Carvel's father, Rufus Stevens, had recently been sent to prison for 11 years for intent to distribute oxycodone in February of 2021. So this left Tasha acting as a single mother most of the time. Though it is said that she had started dating her two girls' father again 
at the time of this incident while he was living in a halfway house. Tasha and the children had recently moved to Kansas City, Missouri from Iowa. They had moved there so that they could be closer to her two oldest children's family. Now, even though family and friends said that Tasha was a loving mother, she also didn't have the cleanest criminal record. She had been arrested multiple times for possession of drugs, and she had had a DUI in April of 2017. Tasha had struggled in the past with her methamphetamine addiction, and when she had been using it, it often made her hear voices. This is most likely why Child Protective Services had gotten involved with the family when they lived in Iowa. But in recent years, it's said that Tasha had worked hard to stay clean for herself and her children. She was also holding down a steady job. Now, she would smoke a little weed from time to time, but she was doing a good job staying away from all the hard drugs. Then on February 15th, 2022, the Kansas City Police were called to the rented house where Tasha and her three children lived. They had actually received a phone call from Tasha saying that the devil was trying to attack her, but then the phone call after that had dropped. So police went over to the home, which was located on the 7300 block of Indiana Avenue, to make sure that everything was okay. But everything was far from okay. Now police knew that there were three children living in the home, as just five days prior, they had been called out to the house for a reported burglary. So given the nature of the phone call they had received that night, they wanted to make sure that all three children were safe. When they got to the house, they noticed that there was blood trailing up to the front steps. And when they approached, they noticed that on the front screen door, there was even more blood, along with some hair. And once at the front door, Officers could hear Tasha singing loudly inside. They knocked. She sang louder. They knocked again. She sang even louder. So one of the officers decided to look through the front window to see if he could tell what was going on in there. And what he saw was absolutely horrifying. It was hard to even believe his eyes. He had just seen the severed head of a child sitting in the front entryway. Of course, after this, police forced entry into the home via the back door. Once inside, they found Tasha sitting on the kitchen floor, wearing a black dress, with her hands, legs, and feet covered in blood. They also noticed that she had multiple scratches to her hands, and she had a puncture wound to her thigh. And nearby, as the police officer had seen, was Carvel's head, and... His body was not too far from it. The police also discovered that the family dog was down in the basement and had suffered the same fate as Carvel. Now, it's unclear where the other two children were. However, they were not in the home, so they were safe. Tasha Hafe was, of course, immediately placed under arrest and brought down to the Kansas City Police Headquarters for further questioning. And she agreed to speak with police officers without a lawyer present. And during that conversation... She had provided police with a detailed statement in which she admitted to killing her biological son, Carvel. She said that she had killed him in the bathtub of the home. And then, for whatever reason after that, she decided to decapitate her six-year-old son. A search warrant was issued and evidence was removed from the home. This included a knife, a knife handle, and a screwdriver which had been found on the dining room table. A second knife had also been found in the basement. 
Police also took some DNA from Tasha during her interrogation so that they could compare it to evidence found at the scene. Though I'm thinking they probably had enough evidence without that at this point. Tasha was then charged with first-degree murder as well as armed criminal action in regards to Carvel's death. She was arraigned in court two days later, and the judge ordered that she have a mental health assessment done before May of that year to see if she was fit to stand trial. Both shocked and saddened by the news, neighbors, family, and friends of Little Carvel would begin leaving stuffed animals, candles, and balloons on the front steps of the house that the little boy had been so brutally murdered in. And Carvel's father, who was incarcerated at the time, had to hear from the prison that his son had been murdered. He was beside himself. After Carvel's murder, relatives would tell police that Tasha had spent years working through her drug addiction, depression, as well as severe trauma. They also knew that she had periodically experienced hallucinations. Tasha's mother, Sherry, would say that in recent weeks, she knew her daughter had been going through some family problems with the family in Kansas City. Sherry went on to say that she had also noticed her daughter display warning signs several times that something was wrong, and she doesn't think her daughter ever sought mental health treatment. I'd say that's probably accurate. Her mother also said that Tasha had been experiencing hallucinations recently, as well as breaks from reality. Tasha's mother also said that she had driven to Kansas City a number of times, which was hours away from where she lived, because Tasha had started talking about how she was having a difficult time figuring out what was happening with her thoughts. Also in the aftermath of Carvel's death, it came out that Tasha had recently shown up to a Kansas City relative's house one day with her kids. So all three children were said to have witnessed the madness that happened after. Now at the relative's home, Tasha began yelling about how her house was the straight up devil's house and how it was full of devils. She then looked Carvel straight in the eye and said, like this little devil. And then she began yelling at the relative that they had put her and her children in a bad situation. But I'm not sure what exactly that was supposed to mean. Our grown-ups, we need to stop. These kids are our future. Hubert Hawthorne says the young boy who was killed is his grandson, named Corvair. And he says mental illness and drugs played a role in the six-year-old boy's death. It's a lot of things, and we all know it, so don't be ashamed to say it. And let's all address the situation to where we can get the help from God. And I understand that we are all struggling with trials and tribulations in our life, but this mental issue is good going too far. Tasha's friend slash sister, Yvonne, spoke out and said that Tasha was a very sweet and caring person and a loving mother as well. She said she couldn't imagine how it had spiraled out of control like this. The last time Yvonne had actually seen the family was in September of 2021, on a trip for her birthday. But Yvonne also frequently saw and spoke to the children over FaceTime calls, and she never thought that anything was wrong. The news has been very difficult for Yvonne to swallow. She has never believed her best friend and sister would harm her own children. And she wonders if Tasha is even aware of everything that's transpired. If Tasha comes to realize what happened, Yvonne said, it's going to be the worst nightmare of her life. She also says that she will stick by her friend and still be there for her other two children as well. 
In May of 2022, after an evaluation from a mental health professional, Tasha was found unfit to stand trial. She was then placed into the custody of the Missouri Department of Mental Health and subsequently sent to a local mental health treatment facility. And Tasha's mental health will be reevaluated after she has undergone treatment for several months to see if she is then fit to stand trial. Carvel's family said about him, Carvel was a face they will always remember. He loved everyone. His siblings often talk about him and how much they miss him. They always think about how Carvel would be doing. He was a remarkable child, full of life, energetic, strong, and plenty of intelligence. We miss him all so much. After funds were raised on a GoFundMe campaign, Carvel's body was then transported back to Illinois, where other family members of his lived. His funeral was then held at the Dottie Nash Funeral Home in St. Louis, Illinois. Well, thank you for listening to all of Carvel's story today. This is just so unfortunate. And while you can't blame his mother Tasha for her mental health problems that she incurred from past trauma, Tasha should have gone for mental health treatment all by herself. She's an adult, but instead she let it slip and ultimately it led to poor little Carvel's death. So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below and turn on your notifications too so you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. Thanks for watching A Wicked World today. Until next time, take care guys. Bye. Thank you for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Amy, Angela, Angie, Catherine, Danielle D, Danielle H, Drew, SJ, Hanorama, Kara, Mary, Mel, MJ Kelly, Neoma, Stephanie, and Tammy. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of A Wicked World on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon app.